we've uh, started a new series this month, and because Thanksgiving, uh, we're going to do a month of, oh, thank God, as you can see. This is, and I like talking about it. We, we talk about, you know, being thankful and gracious a lot here, but it's because it is throughout the scriptures, and you position yourself. Do you know how some people you know, our privilege, you know, they go, oh, you have, you know, white privilege, you have, you know, different privilege. You know what? You have male privilege. Let me tell you, there's pretty privilege, there's skinny privilege, there's all kinds of privileges. You were born, you're, you got wealth privilege. I want you to know that there's a privilege that every one of us can walk in, and that is God's blessing privilege. If you put yourself in a certain situation, a certain attitude, forget all the other privileges that you don't have, you're going to be God-privileged. And that is the best place to be. Um, have you ever had someone say to you, or you said it to them, boy, you got out on the wrong side of the bed, right? Which means, you know, you're kind of cranky and all day. Well, I looked up the origin of that. And it's a Roman thing. It's from the Roman army. But it says you always get out on the right side of the bed. But the origin of it is that the Roman soldier had all his weapons on the right side of the bed. And they would have it, and, and you know, like the sword always went here, and the shield always went here. So if it was dark, he could get out on the right side of the bed and find everything he needed. And so the expression is if he, ever came, if he got out on the left side, he didn't have what he needed to go to battle. Well, the Bible... <laughs> The Bible's going to tell us how to, we can get out on the right side of the bed every day with a certain focus. That there's a focus that we have that if we get up every day and we have a right focus, then it's going to be a good day. So let's take a look at what the word we have to say. And James, I didn't put it on the scripture. Well, before I get there, um, Peter's mother who is Scottish, uh, Pastor Peter's mother is Scottish. And as she was getting introduced to the American culture, she's very prophetic. And years and years ago, she uh, would come over uh, and Pete would call her at Thanksgiving and say, oh, we're having Thanksgiving. And um, she made this statement, this observation. She said one of the reasons she thinks that the attitude in America and the blessing in America is different than that which is in Great Britain, in Scotland. She goes, I think it's because the American people have a day where they're thankful. Thankful for what God has done for them. Since we don't have a day that we thank God for the blessings we have, since we complain, you know, if, if anything, maybe they can have a complaint day, but they don't have a Thanksgiving day. And, and it's it's quite interesting that when you see in the scriptures how blessings follow this ability or people who thank God and their focus is on this spirit of gratitude that that is the privilege that we get to walk in if we have that focus and it's something that we need to do not just every day but constantly in James chapter 116 says do not be deceived I mean, the Bible is saying there's a deception out there. It said, don't be deceived. My dear brothers and sisters, every good and perfect gift, every good and perfect thing in your life 
comes from heaven above, comes down from the Father of heavenly lights. Every opportunity that you have, who gave you the thought to start that business? Who gave you the inclination to be able to do that with your hands? To talk to that person, that ability to think the way that you do. You might, you might, you know, you can say, well, my dad was this way, this way. But I want you to know that the Bible says you need to focus that anything good in your life comes from him. And he needs to be thanked. When you find the right person in your life, whenever a blessing comes your way, you thank the Lord. Said, so don't be deceived. Don't think that it, you did this. Don't think that one person came along and blessed you to this level. I want you to know I was the one who led that person this is what the Father is saying. I was the one who led that person to do that for you. He said, every good thing, it doesn't matter how tough a time you're going through, there's something good. You're still breathing. You're still here. Every good thing that's come your way, it says you need to thank, you need to receive the focus that that somehow came from God. So it puts you in a different position for us to, to walk this out. That the, the, We need to have a focus on what God has done instead of what we don't have. Because there's everyone else, well, I, I don't have this, and I, and I need that. And I, What do you have? The Bible says focus on that. Focus on what you've been given, and it's amazing what will happen to those things that you don't have. Either your desire for them goes away, or you end up receiving that. Focus on what God has done, for so that's the very beginning. So, I mean, and, and to be to be in this God privileged place is to have a, a, a strong emotional state. And your emotional state comes uh, from two things. See, scientists, if, if you're a person who's depressed or always thinks negative, they realize that all those emotions come from chemicals in your brain, dopamine, uh, serotonin, and they try to affect with drugs the dopamine, the serotonin. But, but what they don't take into consideration is what's affecting the chemicals in your brain is your environment, your culture, and your focus. If your culture, if you didn't grow up where you were nurtured, where someone gave you value, allowed you to be heard, valued what you had to say, and if you're not in that situation now, that affects the, the way you think, your emotional state. That affects the chemicals in your brain. And then, what is it that you focused on? Are you always focused on what I don't have, what someone has done to me? Oh, if I were only this. Or are you focused, as the Bible says, everything good that's ever happened to you. Don't be deceived. That came from the hand of God. So if that it came from the hand of God, what I'm going to do in the future is expect more from the hand of God. And so those two things, are you being nurtured? Do you have a voice? Do you, are, are, are you valued? And what do you focus on? Now, you can put yourself in the right culture. You can, you can get rid of those people who speak negatively into your life. I mean, Crystal, is, when we were married, uh, first married, she was very concerned with some of the friends that I kept dragging along trying to get them saved. You know, and she, she basically just, you know, said, you know, that's not a good influence. She kind of still does it to this day. But 
She goes, she goes, are you having an influence on them or are they having an influence on you? I'm like, hmm, you know, just something to think about. But I only can do that when I'm honest with myself. And if you see, am I focusing on the negative or what lies ahead that's positive? That changes the chemicals, your emotional state. And when your emotional state is altered, the chemicals in your brain are altered. So the Bible is, speaks to us, you know what? We don't need to deal with those drugs if we start right here. And recognize we need to have the right culture and the right focus. So it's going to lead me to a story about Jesus walking. As in, you find it in the Gospels in Luke. Jesus is walking and ten lepers come up on him. Now leprosy is the most dreaded, was the most dreaded. They have, chem, uh, they have medicines for it now. But in that day, there was no heal, uh, cure for it, that you couldn't be healed. And leprosy, is, it's a nerve disorder where the nerves get inflamed, and then it, past that, you can't feel anything. So whenever you grab a hot pot, you don't realize it's hot, and your hand is getting burnt. So the place where the, the, you, the skin is singed off. If you step on something and cut your foot, you don't realize it's cut. You don't pull back and the, the cut gets even worse. Uh, whenever there, you bite your tongue or bite your lip, uh, you, you, don't, you don't keep from biting it until it's infected. And it ends, ends up that literally your fingers and toes, noses, tongues rotted off from infection. So because it was a disease that could be transmitted, they would make you leave the, you know, the, your environment, your culture, and you would have to live in, in these colonies. And then people would leave food and bits, family would leave food and bits out you know, at this rock, and then they would leave, and then you would go and, and get your food. So this is the state that these men and women are in of all ages. And, and you're, in a, you're in a world, a culture, that I can see this guy who's had leprosy for two years and he's just eaten up. I mean, they, they start pulling hoods over their face because their noses are missing. Sides of their, their, their cheeks are gone. You know, their toes are gone. And it's so disgusting, they're hiding themselves from each other. But you can see, there's my future. That's my future. There is no hope. There is nothing hopeful. There's no happiness. Ten lepers come up on Jesus. Jesus heals them. He goes, go back to your town and let the elders of the town deem you well so you can go back to that culture, to your old culture, to your life. And that's where we pick up on the story because there was one that returned. Said one of them, when he saw he was healed, returned back. And when he turned back, he was praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And the key here, and it, it, it speaks throughout the ages, that when he saw he was healed by Jesus, is that when he saw, when he focused, that he was healed. See, the other focus, the other nine focused that they were healed. 
and they went on to their own life. They didn't do, as we heard in the first verse, anything good comes from heaven above. Be thankful. Focus on where that came from. When he saw that he was healed, not what he had, healing, but when he saw what he had came from him, he returned back. Everything is gone. And I want you to know that when I looked it up in the Greek, it said that when he returned or turned back, that is the root word of repentance. And repentance comes, Jesus, Jesus died on the cross, your sins are paid for, but it has, it has no effect until you see that it's paid for and you return back to him and thank him. You see, it's free gift and we notice it. When we focus, Jesus died for everyone, but it's for those whose focus, they repent and come back. And that's what one out of ten did. When he saw there was Jesus, he didn't just see the healing. They saw the healing and he saw Jesus. When you see what good happens in your life, do you, your life, do you see Jesus? Do you see every good thing comes down from heaven? It's about your focus. So he returned back. He, there was a repentance. He recognizes because of, his, of what he focused on, praising in a loud voice because he is so thankful to the one who healed him. Not so thankful that he was healed. I'm so thankful to the one who healed me. Those other nine, they were, ooh, I'm healed. Yeah, baby, I'm healed. This one goes back, ooh, baby, you healed me. See the difference of the focus? Because I want you to know, I want to be one of the ten. When you got up today and came to church, was there a traffic jam in your neighborhood of all the other people coming to church? But you know what? If you went to your neighborhood and said, do you believe in Jesus? They go, hey, Hallelujah. Am I right? You're one of ten. There's easily ten other people in your neighborhood that believe in Jesus and they didn't come to church. They didn't return back to worship him. One in ten. It feels good to be one in ten, doesn't it? Let me tell you, but gratitude doesn't stop just there. Do you know only nationwide only one in ten people give regularly? that attend church. There's still another one in ten. Do you know those people who say that Jesus is their Savior? Only one in ten have ever shared Christ with someone else. Your level of gratitude is obvious. Where's your level? Well, see, we're going we're to look at two things that are going to help us to always be grateful. But there's a starting place. It, 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 it can be seen. So when, when any opportunity comes up, it's one in ten. The people who, you know, you know, they help in children's church, they help with the coffee bar, you know, it comes out to be about one in ten. That your gratitude is seen. There's an action. We come to worship. This guy came and threw his feet. He wasn't, the, a, and, and he's the choir director. Oh, he's trying out for the Northwest Band. That's why he, you know, 
threw himself at Jesus' feet to sing. Didn't say he had a great voice. Why did he sing? Why did he worship? Because of his focus. Wasn't on, I'm healed. He was focused, was on the healer. And said, and that's when you move into this privileged class. Because something comes to you. A clarity, a, a purpose in life. We'll move to... <clears throat> In Romans 1.20 says, although they knew God, they neither, what? Glorified. Although they knew him, they neither glorified him, nor got up and went to church, nor as God, nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking, their thinking became futile, and their Foolish hearts were darkened. And, and it's interesting, the, the, those who became futile, said what it is is they, had no, they, they weren't able to focus. They lacked purpose in their life. They had no aim. You see, there's, there's, too, many, there's too many of us, you know, well, I, I, you know, I believe in God and do that. But you know when you don't worship God and you don't recognize him as God, you don't see all good things. It says, though you know him, you have no aim in life. No matter, you're going to work, but you know what? I'm going to work and I just don't see any real purpose in it. You know, I don't see a real, any real purpose in this marriage. I don't see any real purpose in going to church. Are you focused? That all good things come from the Lord. What is your focus? On what you don't have or what God has done for you? Are you focused on, oh, <clears throat> this person did this wrong to me. This person did that wrong to me. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it was uh, C.S. Lewis, so, someone, one of the greats. He said, no one has done more harm to me than myself. I'm like, yeah, that's true for me. Because who chose that friend who did that to you? Who went to that party? Who said, hey, hold my beer and watch this? <laughs> I remember I was up in Canada this last summer with my brother-in-law. And his wife's nephew, uh, they live on an island up there and. uh uh, the boat, the, the lake life. And I saw this, his friends coming over to land on the dock. And I saw all the drinks, the adult beverages. I said, where are you boys going? They went, yeah. You know, they're, they're all of 17. They've got life down. You know, we're going to go jump. We're going to do jump rock. I'm going, before or after you drink this? They're going, Both. Anybody want to stay here with me? Uh, anybody want adult supervision? Ah, we're great. We do it all every summer. We do it. Blah, blah. Well, one was in the hospital with a busted spleen and a broken rib. And they come back and he goes, I don't know what went wrong. I'm going, <laughs> I 
who's, who does the most harm to you in your life? No, not me. I, my. <laughs> yeah, that pastor. <laughs> Pete and I were going to some, some conference, and there was a lot of people. There was a pastor's conference, and they are trying to get us in. And it's, you know, you try to read lips, and, and this guy's frustrated because the pastors are just parking wherever they want to. They're not submitted to no man. And so, and this guy's pointing at us, and he's yelling, pastor, pastor. And I'm like, what is he saying? What is he calling us? <laughs> I'm going, it was pastor. <laughs> wow. We're the ones. It's because of our focus. Our focus. Every good thing. There's just too many of us who are aimless. Who find no joy in any, anything anymore. And the Bible's telling us, you know what? It's this. It's your focus when you get up in the morning. What is your focus? Or what are you thankful for? Is your focus on what I don't have? My focus on, oh, he's doing so much better than me. Oh, my focus, how un it's not fair. So unfair. I want to be and God's privileged. Thankfulness puts us in the will of God. Look at Thessalonians. Thessalonians here. It says, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you. Wait a minute. It's not an open door. It's not like, oh, this is the beginning. I'm telling you, when I was young, all I, oh, I want to know God's will. I want to know God's will. And I'm sitting there, oh, what's God's will? And you go from this, you do that. Oh, what's this deliverance ministry? Oh, this, uh, what's God's will? You know, is this right now, if you are a thankful person, if you think everything good in your life comes from heaven above, you are in God's will. And there's a blessing that will come upon you because you are going to be privileged you are in his will. Anyone in God's will is in the privileged class. You can't be Eeyore and be in the privileged class. Uh, if it rains today, it's going to rain on me. You don't want to be with me because it's going to rain on me. It's like, What? You removed yourself from the privileged class because you're not looking at the blessing. You're looking at your lack. Even the people who look at their healing and they're grateful for the healing and what they have, it says, listen, until you recognize what you have came from Jesus, you're going to miss purpose in your life. We can, be, we can have thankful hearts towards God when we don't feel thankful for the circumstance. So let me give you a real, uh, uh, April McDonald, Crystal's sister, passed away uh, unexpectedly last week or a week and a half ago. An incredible person and it's incredibly sad. Unexpectedly. Wonderful. She played in the band um, and it's really sad. So what's your focus? 
Am I sad? Yes. The Bible says, listen, mourn. Mourn. But don't mourn like those who don't have hope. Who don't, aren't a part of the plan. Am I sad? Yes. Crystal was so sad Saturday. What's my focus? I'm so thankful she was in my life. I was so thankful. What a blessing it was for her to be my sister. What a blessing it is knowing that I'm going to see her in heaven. What a blessing it is to know that she's in heaven. And when you go to heaven, you think, you know what, there are no tears in heaven. And that she's not missing us because when you go to heaven, you're not kept ignorant. The Bible keeps telling us, don't be ignorant, don't be ignorant, don't be ignorant. When you go to heaven, you're going to have the mind of God and you're going to know the purpose why things are the way they are. And, she's, and she right now, going, oh, that's why. We're all down going, why, why, why? But then I have to go, my focus This is called the sacrifice of praise. To praise, to be thankful in your grief, when you're sad, when you're hurting, when you don't know why, when you're experiencing loss. It's called, it's in Hebrews 13. It's the sacrifice of praise. I don't know why, but I praise you because nothing but good comes from knowing you. She knows because she's not kept ignorant in heaven. We are kept ignorant. But we're all going to pass away unless the Lord returns while we're living. And once you have that focus, something changes in you. You are privileged that one day this deep mourning, it breaks. And for moments, it breaks. And then it's, it's longer, it's days, and then it's weeks. And you break you break that, that spirit of loss on you because you've changed your focus. When you can praise him and ever be thankful for all circumstances, you are now in the will of God. Just think, if, if, if I could stay thankful in every moment of the day, nothing is going to affect me. Unfortunately, that's not how it works. There's mornings I have to get up and refocus. That I have, sometimes I have to tell myself, and, and I have to go back. And, and you know, if, 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 if you're a very thankful person, this is nothing new to you, but I, I want to talk to those who have to refocus from time to time because life has stolen your joy, your sin has stolen your joy, uh, circumstances have stolen you know, your joy, your ability to be thankful, and all you see is the negative, all you are is Eeyore. You know, it doesn't matter if you're a Patriots fan and you're, you know, you don't have a single loss for the season. If you're wearing a, a Patriots jersey and you look on the back of your shirt and it says Eeyore, you're a loser. You're not going to be happy. Haven't lost the game. Tom Brady's your quarterback. But your jersey says Eeyore lives here. The sacrifice of praise means there's your go-to beginning. Your go-to thankfulness. 
that no one can take from you. I'm going to give you two of them, and you build on these. Do you want them? <laughs> Our focus for thankfulness begins here. It does for me, and the scriptures tell us this is where it begins. My sins are forgiven. My sins are forgiven. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Wow. Blessed. Not forgiven because you're good. You see, Jesus died on the cross for your focus to come. He does good things. In Romans it tells us, listen, good God, God has done these good things for you so that it will turn you to righteousness. So Jesus has done this for you so that you'll turn to him. It's not like I'm going to become good so Jesus will save me. No, Jesus died, on the, died for your sins. All you have to do is turn, see what he's done in turn, and be one of ten. He's done it. He's forgiven. You just have to accept it. And so whenever you lose that focus, whenever sin or your shortcoming or the enemies attack you and you, for, you cannot be thankful for anything, here's where I go back to. My sins are forgiven because of what Jesus did. It doesn't matter how much I screwed this up again. Lord, I thank you. I thank you taken my sins you've taken my sins I'm turning back that thankfulness to do this you have to have two things in your life you have to have humility and you have to have a good memory say a good memory yeah first humility you have to admit you're a sinner you have to admit it. See, people get, they've been Christians for 20 years and they forgot what an mm, they are or they were. They forget. And it's humility that brings you back. Now, here's the good memory. Sometimes you need to make a list of all the things that you used to do that were just absolutely wrong and disgusting. Not to make you feel bad, not to make you feel bad, but for you to remember what happened the day you actually realized my sins have been forgiven. I remember like, and it looked better when I was 20. <laughs> Some years ago, I was you know, meditating, praying. I'm just saying, I don't feel saved. I don't feel saved anymore. I wonder if I'm saved. I wonder, I just don't. So that night, I have a dream that I'm 19 again or 18 again. It was horrible. I remember that hole in my stomach. Something is not whole in me. 
I was in fear that this person was going to find out that. I was in fear I was going to get caught doing that. I was thinking, oh, no, they're going to see what I'm thinking right now, and someone's going to catch me doing that, and I'm going to get caught up in all the lies that I've told and all the things that I'm not, but they think that I am, and there's a hole in my stomach. I can't sleep at night because I'm so empty of me. I'm just an empty person. And then I wake up, and guess what I did? It wasn't until I remembered what it was like being in fear, wondering if anyone loved me, wondering if I had any purpose. Does anyone really accept me if they knew who I was? But then I'm nobody because I lie about everything. David, King David said, because Lord, let me remember the day of my salvation. Why? Because he remembered what he was, had been forgiven, and he would do his dance to remember the day of my salvation. So this is my starting point. When, when your focus has been ripped from you, when you're just the Eeyore and you're looking at all the loss and what people have done to you, remember your sins have been forgiven by the most precious, precious blood, the most precious life, a son of God, freely given. You start there. Number two, that your tears are heard. When you're hurting, the, the verse says, I love the Lord, for he has heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Whenever you're, if you're in sin, if you're in pain, if, if you're lonely, you can just cry out to the Lord, Lord, just, I don't even know what to say. Lord, know that he hears you. He may not act upon it right then, because it's, not the time. Some things may have to change in you. But the verses in the Bible, this is the reason King David loved. His heart was so just committed to the, to the Father. He knew that in sin, in anguish, whatever the situation, because he hears our cry. He is sensitive to our cry. If he wasn't, he wouldn't have sent his son. That's my go-to when I lose my focus. When I have focus and I'm thankful, even in my loss, if I have focus, I walk into my privilege. I have privilege. You have privilege. So we're going to close the service today. I've asked the band to come up and for us to be able to worship, to see what God has done for us and for us to be the one of the ten to go up and throw ourselves at his feet. That we see him
Not just our healing, but we see him as the healer. To see past what he's done and see what he's doing. Be one of the ten. encourage you right now as we uh, end in this time of worship if you need to just refocus yourself push all of that just extra stuff out of the way this is, this is an incredible time to do that because the second we leave here it gets real loud and it gets real busy you're not going to have a better chance than right now so I just want to encourage you make a conscious effort let us refocus I also want to encourage you to get out of your comfort zone just step into the aisle come down front and let us just make it all about God say God I'm uncomfortable I'm doing something new speak to me Cheers.
this is officially our nation's month of thankfulness, but let us not be thankful because Abraham Lincoln said we should, but because Jesus has saved us. And he'll probably have to save you again tomorrow. And he'll do it again, and he'll do it again, and he'll do it again. So this week, let's be thankful for everything. Let's do what David said, and he commanded his soul to worship even when his mind was far from it, guys. And have this week, have an incredible week. Be thankful with every breath you take and everything that you do. Let's thank God together. Let's give him a big hand and a big cheer. Have an amazing week, guys. We'll see you next.